before um what's uh, the the go to market team was trying to was trying to do these launches and they were putting a lot of steps and there was a lot of task that was required by the product managers and and uh, you know in the real life yeah i would like to have a brief of everything you know but it doesn't happen that way <laughs> um so you know it's more about like working together and get that get them involved in the process since the beginning because they need to they need to agree as well because they they are you know they they we need them so i work with product manage every single day so i need to first you know be in line with them and see if they understand the process and get their buy in so some product managers were a bit like yeah is you no know, this is a lot of is a lot of process why we cannot why we need to do this now before we would like go straight to the CSMs and, and things like that so um so what i did and i used the product marketing alliance quite a lot and was like a, it helped me to get that push to unlock uh that process uh, i started with like when i was mapping all the gap in the backlog that we had at the same time i started to identify the problems with the with the process and things that was working and things that was not working and then i identified the product managers that were more keen to help right and that that product and i said i even said to him you're going to be my poc and he was like oh i'm got your your point of contact and i was like no my proof of concept <laughs> now i'm going to prove that this is going to work welcome to the product marketing life podcast Brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance and hosted by me, Mark Cassini, Product Marketing Manager at Jopper. Every two weeks, I pull insights from some of the world's most talented product marketers to uncover the secret sauce of successful product marketing. In this episode, I'm joined by Aline Bezerra, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Crown Peak. Aline is an accomplished B2B product marketer with a passion for cross-functional collaboration, often signing off emails with her hashtag BetterTogether slogan to promote teamwork amongst colleagues. Today, Aline and the team at CrownPeak use their leading enterprise digital experience platform to equip teams with the powerful tools they need to create inclusive omni-channel experiences. During our chat, Aline shares her experiences as a product marketer navigating a merger while also championing the need for a robust go-to-market launch process. She outlines how her partnership with both product managers and senior leaders was a critical component of gaining buy-in and showing the success of her team's go-to-market efforts. All right. With that out of the way, let's dive in. Hey, Aline, how's it going? I am fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Really excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm very happy and excited to be talking to you because actually you walk with me when I go to the office <laughs> because I listen to your podcast on my way to the office. So it's nice to actually be talking to you now. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad you've been enjoying the show. And yeah, you're the first person I've had on who's who said I'd get to join them on their, their morning walk to the office. So. Hopefully the experience of being on the show will be just as uh, enjoyable as, as listening to it. I'll, I'll do my best here. Uh, so yeah, with that, we'll just get right into the first question. I think it'd be great if you could walk me through your career so far and what you do at Crown Peak as a senior product marketing manager. Yeah, sure. So um, I, it's a funny thing because I wanted to become a diplomat. So that was my goal back in Brazil. I'm from Rio de Janeiro. So I went to the union. I studied international relation with that idea, but I ended up working international trade. And uh, so when I moved to London uh, about 16 years ago, I was working in international trade. And then nine years ago, I moved into product marketing. 
And uh, it was to work for a tech company that was doing electronic documentation for international trade. So basically, I was there by a persona and they were looking for someone to help them. Uh, and for me, it was, of course, the first time that I, that I heard about product marketing and it was uh, great. I had a, a great mentor. And uh, I say that um, I didn't become a diplomat, but in a way I am. Because being a product marketing, you have to deal with different teams, you have to collaborate with different departments, different cultures. So I think there is a bit of diplomacy on that as well. Um, so yeah, so I spent then nine years, yeah, about nine years that I've been doing product marketing, working in different companies, different stage, uh, different products for, from um, 3D software to design um, vessels to blockchain <laughs> and uh, cloud contact center, most recently uh, e-commerce tools and uh, content management with Crown Peak. So at Crown Peak, I am the senior product marketing person. Um, I am, um, at the moment, I am the solo PMM. And I say that because we do have a product marketeer who is Martinez Leaf. Uh, for my look. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so now I have uh, e-commerce tools uh, and I have content management system and another product that is quite cool is uh, digital accessibility, which is another, a whole new universe for me. Um, yeah, and that's my role with, within Crownpick. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and I, I do find it funny, you know, this idea of having an interest in becoming a diplomat and, and having to basically be a diplomat as a product marketing manager. I think anybody listening, uh, you know, who has been a product marketer themselves probably feels as though they've also been a diplomat at various times of their career. And, and I'm curious, you know, and not spe speaking specifically about your time at Crown Peak, more generally speaking, which teams have you interacted with as a PM and that you feel you've had to be the most diplomatic with? Do you find that in your experiences as a product marketer that you've had to be a little bit more cautious in interacting with sales team, success team, even the product marketing team. I always find that as product marketers, we focus on like the really good relationships and shy away from talking about the ones that need a little bit more effort. So I'm curious in your experience, which, which teams have you had to kind of not be cautious, but take a different approach when working with? Yeah. Um, I, for me, in my experience is more the commercial, the commercial teams, right? Because um, sometimes they have their, you know, the strong because they have the connection, the direct line with customers. They have that strong um, feeling that they know a lot about the buyer. And then they go and they create the message. They go and they create, uh, they do their launches. And we're going to talk about they these about um, more like later. But I think like sometimes I cannot hurt their feelings as well. So I need to find a balance of like trying to compromise and explain to them that we need to go through a process. And there is a reason why we are creating a messaging in a specific way rather than their way. Um, and uh, with the product managers, they are more, I think they are, they are more understanding when I show them the facts, right? And this is the reason why, and this is how we are doing. So they are more like, um, so yeah, I have to be more, you know, diplomatic when when work with the commercial team, CSMs and sales. Yeah, I, I think that makes a ton of sense for the exact reasons you just outlined. I mean, when you're in a sales role or in a role where you're interfacing with a customer one-on-one, -on -one, you you build that personal relationship and you feel as though well, I know this person better than anybody at my company because I talk to them every day. And then you've got, you know, someone from product marketing coming over and saying, 
oh, well, when you talk to other companies, uh, customers like this, you should be saying X, Y, Z, and you should be offering ABC. And I, I can understand the feeling of being like, well, what do you, you don't know what you're talking about. I talk to these people every day. So, you know, I, I say that because I too have found myself in a similar situation and it's, it's a tricky one to navigate, as you said. Um, so yeah, I, I can definitely sympathize with, with having to navigate those conversations because I've had to do it myself. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so yeah, you mentioned, you know, we're going to get into our main topic of working with the product teams and, you know, kind of product marketing coming in to implement certain processes specifically around launching. Uh, but before we do that, I think it would be good to just provide the listeners with a bit of kind of the backstory and context around the recent acquisition of Attract by Crown Peak and how that specifically impacted product marketing. Um, what were some of the first challenges that you found you were faced with as a product marketer? Yeah, so um, at Attract, I, uh, so we were a smaller company um, and we, had, we went for an acquisition also in Attract and uh, we have two products. So I started to implement all the launches uh, and release process. And then uh, at the end of last year, um, Crown Peak uh, acquired uh, Attract. So Crumpic has, we have this exciting uh, vision and strategy of becoming the leader in the digital experience platform category. So we are buying a lot of companies and bring those products together. So that's that's the goal of, of Crumpic and the reason why we acquired Attract. But with that, um, there was many other acquisitions as well. So I went from having two products from now having five, um, which means different product teams that before used to work in a slightly different way. Uh, and because it was a smaller company, they have their own process, their own way to do things and launch things. And suddenly I was in a situation where I had all these seven product managers and they were doing things their way. We went through a business integration very, very quick. We had like 90 days to integrate the business. So they also went through like, we are still going through the process of integrating tools and all that, but the main challenge was really to find this one process, one way of communicating between all of us, all of different products and teams sitting also in different time zones, um, different cultures <laughs> with an integration, with merge, uh, which is not always easy, right? There's a lot of changes and normally people don't really like changes so um so yeah so the first challenge was like okay how we can work together as one big team now yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and i think you highlighted something that I, I i know oftentimes i personally take for granted just because i i'm fortunate enough to work at a company that is distributed not or well i guess yeah we are across the globe now primarily north america but that time zone change can really throw a wrench into things especially if you're, you're bringing in team members who are so used to working with everybody in the same time zone and then all of a sudden you've got another group of individuals working two, three hours ahead or behind, finding time for meetings and making sure that everybody's aware when big important things happen, that everyone's able to act quickly. It's just one of those, you know, unexpected things that you have to navigate as a PMM that, again, you know, oftentimes can, can easily be taken for granted. So I, I appreciate you highlighting that. Um, I'm, I'm curious, when the other companies joined or, or, you know, everybody was merged together, for the most part, had had the product team at the companies joining, heard of product marketing before, or was this their first time being exposed to the function? Yeah, so this was the first thing that I tried to um, to understand, right? Because I said, like, it's not possible that I'm the, you know, I'm I'm one person here 
And, and also I've learned from past experience that there is no need to reinvent the wheel, right? If there is something that was working before, let's try to replicate and show like, you know, this was working before, this is how it's gonna work. So let's 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 implement. So I started to, to dig into the systems and talk to people to understand if they had product marketing before. Um, so some, uh, one or two, uh, of the, those products they did have at the early stage. They did have product uh, marketing before, but with the acquisition that happened, um, they took a long time to do the business integration. So the moods and the, you know, the, the morale in the, within the company was not great. So those product marketeers left. And uh, uh, and then when I joined, when the, when Attractor was acquired, they decided, okay, now we are gonna go like fast. It's gonna be painful, but at least it's gonna take like, you know, three months and we go through this and then we assess what, uh, what we need. Um, so now I'm, I'm still finding things that was done by the product marketing person before, but it's not as, uh, some, some, most of the stuff doesn't fit anymore because now we are a bigger company. We are like 500 people. There is a different approval process, different stakeholders. And we talk about time zones. The other thing as well is the culture. Right. So I have a lot of product managers in Germany, for example, and then I have I have product managers in North America. And then sometimes the way that they talk and uh, the language is slightly different. And then with the U.S., I know that I can be more flexible in terms of like booking, constantly meeting, moving things around where with the German is more like, you know, let's get through this and get this done. And that's it. Less of flexibility. So yeah, it has been a learning process, uh, a very like uh, interesting one. Not say, I'm not gonna say not painful because there is a little bit of pain, but it has been fun as well to deal with all these different people, different cultures, and yeah, trying to leverage what was left uh, from previous product marketeers. <laughs> I love that. I, you know, again, we all oftentimes think of. You know, product marketing, having to navigate the culture of just different teams internally, but having to navigate different geographical cultures, I think is just such an interesting dynamic. And I'm sure we could do a whole uh, separate episode just about that topic alone. So I appreciate you sharing that because yeah, again, I think it's something that I know I've taken for granted. I'm fortunate that most of the people that I work with are in North America. And obviously there's a big diversity of cultures just within North America alone, but I can imagine, like you said, dealing with people in the US and then shifting to a different approach in Germany can make things challenging uh, at the best of times, I'm sure. All right, so let's get into our, you know, our main topic of focus today. And, and this is this idea of product marketing coming into this kind of newly merged company and having to navigate a very fragmented, if not non-existent launch process. And, and you, know, you had mentioned that after the merger, product managers from both companies were working in isolation and there was a significant backlog of products awaiting launch without a real launch process in place to get them out the door. How did you go about untangling that? Yeah, so that's that was, uh, it was very interesting because it was the first thing that I was asked by management is like, we need to launch. You know, we haven't seen things coming out, what is happening? Um, and then I started to talk with uh, all the product managers uh, individually as well to understand how they work, to build a relationship and to understand what was working for them, what was not working for them, what was the problems with the launches. If we really had any problems, maybe, you know, there was some block in the development and things were not being 
um, released. Um, and then the first thing that I found out was that we are not speaking the same language <laughs> in a way that what was ready for some people was not really ready for others. So management or sales were saying like, oh, this is ready, but we don't see, there was no launches, we don't see anything. And then I would go and talk with the product managers and the product managers were like, oh, actually, you know, we are testing now. Um, is ready, but we are testing. And then the engineers, so there was this different understand what, what ready was, uh, different understand of releases. So we had to agree also on a language, okay, we are going to talk about marketing releases when we communicate the value to the customer and the internal releases when we tell the organization what is you know coming, what is going to production. So we had to agree on that. Um, and then uh, by talking to them, I started to, to understand that there was also, uh, because there were different teams, so they have their own process. And because of that, it was not clear and there was a lack of ownership, right? So accountability. So, you know, who is going to train, um, who is going to communicate support, who is going to train the CSMs? So there was a bit of like, you know, let's, do the way that we are doing before and hope for the best. <laughs> um, so by talking to them and I had like constant meetings every day with product manager, I started to build what was late and what was coming. And with that, I could have like a big picture of like the backlog that people were talking about. How, how, how huge was this backlog? It was really big. And then he started to see what was priority and then move move from there so uh yeah so that's was they're helping me to build a relationship and help to make the product managers understand also that you know there is no point of creating all these cool things if we are not telling anyone yeah and i, I think you highlighted on something that a lot of solo pmms have to discover or even just first time product marketer product marketing hires within an organization is when you launch something there are almost three distinct audiences you've got the product itself, so you're releasing it in product. Then you've got customers when you're releasing it in market. And then you've got the internal audience of all your internal stakeholders who need to be enabled. And, it, and I have found when I've come into an org as the lone PMM or the first PMM hire, everybody just assumes that all those three audiences get informed at the same time as soon as the, the feature goes live. And that's rarely the case. You know, Obviously, product will be informed and it'll be in, in product first. Then customers will either discover it themselves or be made aware through any of the launch tactics that were happening prior to product marketing coming in. And then internally, it's kind of a coin flip who may or may not know if there's not someone there to co coordinate that. So what you're describing is an experience that I'm sure a lot of either first time or solo PMMs have, have had to navigate. And I appreciate you sharing kind of a very practical game plan as to how to go about that. I really like the idea of you know having those conversations, building those relationships, mapping out and getting clear definitions on Hey, this is what we define as released. This is what's, you know, waiting. This is what's delayed, deferred, and making sure that everybody, not just product is aware of that definition, let alone, you know, product between those two newly merged companies. Uh, I think that's some fantastic advice. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I've been learning a lot with the team as well. And um, even the engineers, it was, it was fascinating to sit with the engineers and, and they're just like, yeah, no, this is not ready. And I was like, what do you mean it's not ready? <laughs> And then we started to talk more and more and it was actually in beta phase. Um, so, yeah, so we have to like uh, to define, like, like have a glossary and then and then share with everyone. Um, so, yeah, so we've been 
So I like I, what I say to, to, to my colleagues in marketing is like, I need to position myself internally within the organization because, before I can position anything to the market. Because, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, why you are telling me this? Why are you like setting these definitions? Like, because we need, we need to find, to be more agile, right? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of the fire. <laughs> so I am the one that had, you know, I have to translate. So I have to position myself as like, you know, the translator, the, the, the person, the connect, the point of contact and uh, and move from there. Sometimes it's overwhelming because once they, they understand, um, they come like different people in the organization, they come to get update from you and which is which is a good sign, right? It means that they, they understand now, the, you know, the, the, the importance of uh, product marketing and they are ready to support you. I, I, uh, I found a way now to make the information easy for, for everyone to access. So I'm very transparent with everything that I'm doing. And that has been saving some time as well. So now people knows where to go to find what is going on. So, um, so yeah, trying to find my way as a solo PMM. <laughs> and are you housing that in a central doc and Confluence? I'm curious, like, where do you, where are you using as your, as your primary source of truth? Yeah, that was another battle. I'm switching from Confluence because uh, Confluence is quite hard to keep everything updated and it, and it went a bit mental with uh, all the products. So now because we use um, SharePoint, so what I've, I, um, I've done is I created a page that looks nice and it's, it's very easy and takes them to all the, the key collaterals. So all my folders, my folders are open. And I have a calendar now for the for the releases and launches. And there is a, a, a easy link, easy to find. They click there and they go to that. There is like everything that I'm working, even the drafts and stuff, they can have access. So I keep telling them where to find information every time we have like our, our meetings. And, uh, and I started to receive less Slack <laughs> message asking, where can I find you this? What happened with that? So that had been very helpful. Yeah, and I feel like that's the common feeling towards Confluence held by a lot of non-product people is product, you know, lives and breathes in Jira. Therefore, why wouldn't we use Confluence? And well, if product's using Confluence and everybody should be using Confluence and you realize Confluence wasn't really built for non-product people. And there's a lot of ways that it's great, but there's a lot of, you know, gaps. And, and I'm happy to hear that you found a solution that at least works for you in the org. And I think you're right. It's all about at least just finding one place where people feel like they can go to for that information. And not having to jump into Confluence or Asana or a Google Doc or a Google, you know, She, whatever it might be, having that single source and then pointing people to other, you know, areas to find additional information um, is, a, is a big step forward for an org that, you know, didn't have that process uh, before. So I'm sure that's been really helpful. Uh, you know, my next question here, you know, aside from just general stress and anxiety from not having, you know, a process in place, what were some of the other negative impacts uh, of not having a launch process in place. And why do you think the product and other go-to-market teams were okay with not having a process for so long? Yeah, I think for me, there were two uh, big impacts. Um, one, uh, missed opportunities or like momentum, right? Because we went through these merges and we made announcements and we had that means that we have uh, a bigger uh, database of customers to cross-sell themselves. Right, so we lost a bit of the momentum with the launches because we didn't have that coming at the time that the merger was happening. The announcements were made, and we have like customer conference trade shows and things that we could be showing customer that would 
help us to cross sell or to upsell we didn't so we lost a bit of that momentum and we need to do to make like an extra effort now so that's one of the the impact the other impact i think was uh internally for um our departments like marketing and product marketing because it got to a point where um there was some people thinking like well it's because we don't have product marketing or the marketing is not doing the launches. So we started not a blaming culture, but more about like expectation towards the marketing because they fall like, okay, the develop the developers are working. The products, they they, they are calling me to, to show stuff to my customer to test. So why we are not seeing these things? So there was, it started to, to have, marketing started to have that perception of not delivering. Right. So uh, so that was the, the big things. And I think like the teams, they were it's not that they were OK, but they got to use it with like we do our way. So the product team was going to um, CSMs, direct to the CSMs and say, like, oh, can you can you find me customers to test this? And then from there, that would become a small launch that we didn't even know about or then um, sales would like reach out to, to products, say like, what is happening here with this feature that uh, you said it would come? And then they would, you know, get their own understanding of the stage, you know, going back to the language, different language. And then sales would start to pitch for things that actually it was not ready and is not going to be ready anytime soon. <laughs> so that creates a lot of problem of messaging, not be consistent you know, calling features something that was not really uh, a good way to do. So when I started um, and they um, and they said, right, now you need to look at uh, a, a, a one process. I think everyone was happy to have me on board. Uh, again, not easy because of different ways of work, but they were very happy to have someone to, to look into the process and trying to get things out in a, in a more consistent way. Um, and have less of that pressure for from the CEO as well because the CEO he's an ex product marketeer which is great, and he was in a lot of like where is where where are the launches, <laughs> right? So uh, so yeah, so that was uh, the the biggest impact after the stress because it was yeah a bit of a stress yeah. that is always. Yeah, launches. you're right. And, you know, people are pretty resourceful uh, for lack of information. They'll go seek out those answers and sometimes they get the answers that they weren't hoping for, or, or they'll fill in the gaps as they so choose. And it leads to all the issues that you just highlighted. So you're absolutely right there. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like generally speaking, when you did come forward with a process, people were pretty receptive of it. But was there anybody who, you know, responded to this idea of, you know, putting a process in place, getting that your definition and said, well, you know what? We've been doing it this way for so long. Like, why, why introduce a change? Like, like you said at the beginning of our conversation, did anybody have a well? If it's not broken, don't fix this mentality, or was everybody pretty much on the same page that like, hey, something is broken here? Um, actually, it was a bit, a bit hard with the some of the product <laughs> team, to be honest. But that's because um, before, um, what uh, the the go to market team was trying to was trying to do these launches. And they were putting a lot of steps and there was a lot of task that was required by the product managers. And, and uh, you know, in the real life, yeah, I would like to have a brief of everything, you know, but it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, you know, it's more about like working together and get, the, get them involved in the process since the beginning because they need to, they need to agree as well because they, they are, you know, they, they, we need them. So I work with product manage every single day. So I need to first, you know, be in line with them and see if they understand the process and get their buy-in. So some product managers were a bit like, yeah, is you no, know, this is a lot of is a lot of process. Why we cannot, why we need to do this now before we would like go straight to the CSMs and, and things like that. So um so what I did, and I used the product marketing alliance quite a lot, and was like a, it helped me to get that push to unlock uh that process. Uh, I started with like when I was mapping all the gap in the backlog that we had. At the same time, I started to identify the problems with the with the process and things that was working and things that was not working. And then I identified the product managers that were more keen to help, right? And that that product and I said I even said to him, "You're gonna be my POC." And he was like, "Oh, I'm got your your point of contact." And I was like, "No, my proof of concept. <laughs> no, I'm gonna prove that this is gonna work." Um, so I started to build the process at the same time that we are working the first launch together. And uh, and so I went to, to the CPO because he was like also someone that was like, my team is going to build the process and everybody else is going to follow. And I was like, no, it's also not like this because I'm going to be impacted. Marketing is going to be impacted. So I involved him in, at the beginning of the process as well. So um, I went to him and I said, like, look, I've been talking with the product managers. I have this first product manager, the proof of concept. And uh, I would like to propose that we work this way. So I, I went to the Product Market Alliance, got the TA approach that we normally use for launches. I adapted a little bit to match with the type of launches that we had because we had a lot of things that was not a big launch as well to communicate. Um, and, uh, so I put that as part of like the process, the presentation, I explained to him all the pain points. I, I went to the PMA, um, fix the product marketing fix that we have in London once a month at the end of the month, where we share a pain point and everybody discuss and give ideas. So I went to that and we, I got a lot of ideas from them as well. So when I went to talk with the with the chief platform office, I said to him, like, this is the problem. This is how I would like to approach. This is best practice. Uh, I, I went to the, the, the PMA meeting and we discussed it. I discussed it with peers. I got ideas. Now, this process is not set on stones, right? It's going to change. So I expected this to change as we learn through the launches. So we can adapt. But at the moment... This is the way that I would like to proceed. Are you happy or not happy? Um, so they, they he was happy and he agreed. He, I, it was funny because the first thing that he said is like, okay, the language we need to agree. <laughs> Can we call the releases marketing releases? Because that is gonna, it's gonna help us a lot. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go for that. So uh, we agreed on that. And then um, he asked to have weekly meetings with me. And then I asked him and I said like, look, for this to work, I need your support to push this process to the entire organization because we touch everyone in the organization, right? So I need their support as well. And I don't have time because we have this list. So I don't have time to go and educate everyone all the time. So I need your help to do that. And I'm the moment I'm the only one, I'm the only product marketing person. 
and we have seven product managers. So I need support from your product managers as well. Um, and uh, and yeah, so he he uh, he was happy and he'd been supporting me. Uh, with this, we have uh, I roll out to the entire organization, so everybody knows the amount of work that goes behind the launch, uh, the decision. There is how we take the decision, um, and uh, so they need to be patient as well. And uh, we had like monthly uh, product meetings, product info series that we call. So we update the entire organization. So we invite everyone for 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 sales. CSM is mandatory. <laughs> Um, so we give that update and we talk about the launches and then we have the pods uh, on a weekly um, basis. And is the pods are the product um, meetings where we have key stakeholders. So each product has their own pod and there is the product, the sales, support, product marketing. And then there is where we discuss, okay, there is something that is coming. Everybody needs to know because I cannot keep everyone updated as well. So we share uh, pain points there in a weekly basis. And then that's how we started to, ad to adopt. And we had the first launches and, uh, and yeah, and things are started to, we are starting to see the results and people are starting to be more happy. That, and I'll, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're here to do, right? As press product marketers, we're responsible for a lot of things, but a big part of that is to help make things internally run as smoothly as possible, especially when it comes to launching. And you gave such good, great advice and so many different things that uh, I want to just quickly highlight a couple of them. So I think first and foremost, you mentioned previously product marketing was expecting a lot of the product managers in order to you know get the information needed to, to, to bring something to market. And I think that's a very fine balance that product marketers often struggle with. Obviously, you want to have all the information possible to make the launch as successful and you want to lean on your product managers for as much of that information as they can give. But you also can't expect so much that they actively don't want to give you that information because they know how much work goes into getting that to you. And that's something that we at Jobber have been able to strike that fine balance. And we've, as a group, uh, go-to-market group across a variety of different functions have said, you know, hey, for anything that's a P1 and P2, product marketing is going to take the lead on all internal enablement in partnership with our internal enablement teams, understanding what the product is, you know, what the update is, who it's for, what the value is to Jobber and the customer, so on and so forth. But anything that's a P3 and a P4, the PM is actually going to take the lead on that because there's such small updates or features. A quick, you know, Slack message is enough to inform everybody internally and get them ready for when that update ultimately goes live. So finding that balance and then identifying who owns what uh, is, is a big piece of that. So that's, that's one thing I wanted to quickly highlight. I think the other thing that you highlighted that I think was really smart was having that proof of concept PM experience and getting that internal buy-in from someone who's already on the product team, and then bringing that to an executive level sponsor to say, hey, I've proven that this works, and this is the person who it worked well with. I need your support and your input and your buy-in to get everybody else on your team on board as well. Uh, I think oftentimes as product marketers, we skip that step and we just throw things over to other teams and say, hey, this is a new process. Everyone's going to follow it. And we don't build that process with those teams. And then we don't get them to actively participate in making it successful once that process is put in place. Um, so yeah, you, you shared a lot of great. I just wanted to highlight on those two couple of things. I think there's some really valuable lessons for, for solo PMMs or first-time PMMs in there. So thanks for sharing that. Well, thank you. And thanks for sharing your uh, experience as well. Because sometimes, you know, it's so overwhelming that you feel like you are alone. <laughs> But actually, you are not. So, uh, so that's that's when uh, you know have a, 
having a community or, or contact with peers help as well? Because being a solo PMM and going through all these and you're like, is this normal? <laughs> and that's um, the one thing I always tell aspiring PMMs um, or, or again, solo PMMs is if you're feeling something or you're experiencing something and you're not sure if you're doing it right, or you know, if you're in an uncomfortable situation because something's not going as planned, I can almost guarantee you that there is a product marketer out there who's gone through that exact same situation. Maybe not the exact same, but very similar. And they are probably a member of the PMA that you can reach out to and pose a question to. So again, just re-highlighting this idea of if, if you do feel alone or you do have questions, go to the PMA, seek out advice, whether it's a you know, PMM fix event in person, online, one of the many events, or even just the Slack community. There's a lot of opportunities to just, you know, ask questions and say, hey, I'm in this situation. How would you handle this? Or has anybody in this situation before? How would you navigate it? I know I've done it myself as well. Uh, and I've gotten nothing but great answers from people. So I can't uh, encourage that enough. So, you know, you, you mentioned, obviously, things are now in a much better place. And you said people are happier, which is always great. But beyond just the qualitative kind of benefits of implementing this process, what were some of the specific metrics you were able to point to to say like, hey, this new process is working and this is where we're seeing the the numbers show? Yeah. So there were um, a few things. Once we separate the releases or the marketing releases from the launches, um, we, uh, we were able to start to put some metrics. And uh, again, it's an ongoing process. And I always highlight this to the team. You know, it's not going to be perfect every time. So we need to be prepared to adapt as well. So the release communication, for example, it has uh, we started to uh, to use that to also clean our database because there was a lot of data and and uh, marketing was struggling. So we started to use that. So we started to see like let's uh, track open rates, deliver rates, and compare with what was done before and compare with the the contact list. So. Uh, in this way, I'm also helping marketing with the with the data, um, and um, CSMs as well are coming back now, saying like, "Look, uh, I have customers saying that uh, they want to be in these updates that you sent because you know sometimes one or two users were in the email, but not the business." user so uh the, the business person so they they come back and that's for me is an indication as well and i documented all all what i can track at the moment and then i share with the product team to show them like you see it's working so let's keep doing it and then we can change what is not if there's something that they are not clicking not going to the community any cta's are not working we can test um for the launches because before they were doing their own launches, there were no clear goals, right? So now the first thing that I do when I sit with them, okay, this is the date. Okay, what is the goal? And then I discuss with the product managers, the CSMs, sales, depends on what it is. Uh, we discuss what is the target, something that, you know, it needs to be also um, uh, kind of easy to achieve to keep the team also motivated. So we uh, uh, so we had like a, a new uh, UI that we launched and that was uh, mo mostly for customer satisfaction, but we need a customer to do um, to, to do some actions to have access to the new UI. So that was great. We managed to track that and to report back. Um, and all these metrics go with the QBRs that we do as well every quarter for the product where we track all the, the performance of the product and, and also the, the launches and releases. Um, 
Then there was other metrics that I also I also track. And uh, and uh, a colleague said like, oh, this is because you don't have any <laughs> any other metrics and you are trying to create metrics. No, because this tells me that we are moving to the right direction, which is the attendance to the meetings that I book. So the enablement sessions for the launches, right? If I see the attendance going up, this is working. If it's going down, what it is that is not working? Why, you know, they're not, maybe something needs to be improved. And then I go and I talk with the team to understand what is missing, what I'm not giving to them um, to improve. Um, and the last thing is that uh, because of all the mergers, we have strategic initiatives within the organization, right? So we have uh, product marketing is responsible for go-to-market efficiency. And uh, and this is is part of you know this is part of the go to market right so we have like a we need to monitor and we we have a light system so it's not like it's a it's a different metric because we go from amber to uh, red to amber to green so when I started it was red because we couldn't launch anything and this was impacting sales and everything else so now we are uh, amber and hopefully we are gonna be green soon when they have more launches. Uh, going out the door. So I think these are the metrics that at the moment for me is more important, but as we evolve and grow and we are able to track more things, then this is going to change. And it's what I tell the team, like, bear with me. We are going to be able to see um, all the results as well in the pipeline or the things. Uh, but yeah, that's the key things that we are, we are uh, measuring right now. Yeah, and I think it's so important just to have something to point towards to say that progress is being made, even if you're not necessarily, you know, hitting it out of the park from day one, as soon as this new process comes into play, more being able to show, hey, you know, like you said, with your with your color scale, we were at red, we're at amber now, we're working our way towards green, even that can sometimes be enough to show the value of product marketing and that there's, again, that progress being made. And I, I really like the idea of, you know, working really closely with the PM to define and identify what success for a given launch looks like, not just from a product perspective, but also from a broader go-to-market perspective. I have worked at organizations where product dictates and owns the product metrics and product marketing owns and dictates the go-to-market metrics. And it's oftentimes you'll be in meetings or you'll do a, a retro and you'll find that those metrics were almost at odds with one another. And that obviously makes for some very difficult conversations and for some head scratching questions. But if you, from day one, as the feature is being developed, especially in the discovery phase, trying to suss out what does success look like for, for not just for product adoption, but just for general go-to-market and how can those two things overlap and align with one another? You get a lot more buy-in from product in, in the whole process because they realize that they are working towards a specific outcome that they can own and that they feel that they can actively contribute to as opposed to being handed a metric or being told a metric and then you know being after the fact saying, well, you missed this metric because X, Y, Z. Uh, and they feel as though they're caught off guard by that. Or, hey, you achieved the metric, but they don't really understand how they were able to achieve it because they didn't have any say in defining what that metric was. So I, I just wanted to highlight that because I think that's something that I know I've had to learn through the course of my career and that, you know, Mark from four or five years ago, wish I, wish I would have known that. Um, and it's something that we try and implement uh, at Jobber today. And it's a work in progress, much like everything, but something that I think will go a long way in the short term for sure. All right, Aline. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. And, you know, and I think for anybody who find themselves as a solo PMM or you know new to product marketing and, and kind of finding themselves with this with this launch backlog, I think you've provided some really tactical and tangible advice, which 
I always love because, you know, oftentimes in product marketing, we focus just on the strategy. We don't get into the weeds as much. And I think you've done a really good job of sharing some insights on, on both of those two things. So I really appreciate that. Um, before I let you, you go, I want to ask you the final question. And it's one that I ask all my guests. And that's what's an area of focus within the realm of product marketing that you think product marketers will have to pay extra attention to this year, more so than in previous years? Yeah. Um, so for this year, uh, for me, the key area is customer satisfaction retention, right? And that, that's going to help you with cross-sell and upsell as well. Um, and I think uh, it's more because of like the economical situation as well, the pressure on costs and things like that. So it's 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 very crucial that we we focus on that customer satisfaction and and I think the launches for example is a good is a good example uh, even like as like a, a marketing release communication and release communication is it sounds simple to some people but it's uh, you know it's to show the customer that you care about them that you are doing things for them might be not a big launch but you are fixing major bugs you you are you are here for them. So that's that's very important as well. So sometimes in product marketing, we don't think so much in the customer retention. We are more, especially like depends on the, the, the of course, the target, the goal of the company, but we are focused on acquiring customers or driving um, uh, adoption of the product. But we thought we need to, to think about the existing customers as well, because when it gets the time to renew the contract, it's too late, right? We need to understand what it is that might be a pain point for for the customer and uh, and arm the CSMs with everything that they need to avoid customer leaving right so uh, so i think that's that's a big uh, is a is a big way to help as a product marketer um, understand the understand your your customer uh, interview them if you lost a customer do an exit interview um and then arm the CSMs with everything that they need so that's my, uh, yeah, that's that's the area that I'm trying to focus this year with all the launches <laughs> and releases. <laughs> I think that's some fantastic advice. And you know, the, the thing that I, I, I feel often gets forgotten is that it's way more expensive to uh, acquire a new customer than it is to retain an existing one. And especially, as you said, in the, you know, the current economic environment that we find ourselves in with, you know, budgets being cut or budgets being kind of, you know, keeping flat and, and spend not being where it was maybe even three, six, nine months ago. Focusing on the customers that you have today and not the ones that you might have to go out and get tomorrow um, could end up being the most cost-effective uh, option. And obviously, I say that not to say just forget about acquiring new and only focus on existing because that's obviously not a way to grow a business. But to your point of don't lose sight of the customers that you have because those are the ones that are way easier for you to keep than having to go out and find new ones to replace them. So some some very sound advice. Well, like I said, Aline, this has been a fantastic conversation. You know, if anybody does find themselves in a similar situation to you and want some advice, what would be the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yes, so, well, thank of all, thank, first, thank you so much for this conversation. And for me, it's like the end of the day. And uh, it's also nice to close the day <laughs> with another product marketing person because I spend my time like talking with different stakeholders and to have someone that understand, understand what you're talking about, you understand your pain point is, it's, it's so like refreshing. Um, so thank you. Thank you for this uh, opportunity as well. And if someone wants to uh, to talk, you know, exchange ideas or ask questions, I'm quite open. Um, we can talk by LinkedIn. 
Um, so that's that's uh, a, the best channel to reach out to me. So send me a message there. Uh, and uh, if um, if you're in London, um, we have an in-person meeting. So we are, there is this um, uh, very nice diversity uh, series going on. Um, and it's happening every month, once a month. The next one is the 10th of August. Yeah, 10th of August. Um, and we are going to celebrate women uh, from diverse backgrounds <laughs> in the in the in person but that doesn't mean that it's an event only for you know women so we welcome allies um and it's a good way also to you know to exchange ideas networking and then share ask questions so yeah i'm gonna be uh, attending these meetups um so yeah watch out for those if you are in london Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have many people uh, listening to this show attending that event. Thanks for for bringing some attention and awareness to it. And if you're not able to catch this one, like you said, they're happening monthly and there's always something going on at the PMA, whether it's in person or online. So definitely check out the site for an event near you or one online that you can attend. Awesome. Well, like I said, Aline, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, Please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to spot an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.